Clearly, this was a political strategy. They were not here to problem solve. They were not here uh, to resolve issues on the ground. Their presence here uh, was like pouring gasoline on, a f- on the fire. Oregon and Portland in particular are represented by far left, uh, you know, bomb chucking um, politicians. Kate Brown there is the uh, governor of the beautiful state of Oregon. And she, uh, if an honest word uh, tripped out of her mouth, it would be by accident. She is a hardcore activist. The idea that the federal authorities who went to protect the the, uh, courthouse in Portland were there merely to stoke rage to get Donald Trump reelected is laughable. Absolutely laughable. I was listening to Nakedly Progressive Radio, NPR, this morning. Is it's part of my uh, daily self abuse, so I understand, you know, what people on all sides of the uh, the questions of the day are talking about. My daily abuse. Yeah, it's just it's it's terrible. Your and it daily sh- self abuse. It will shorten my life by five to thirty years. It's not clear to me how much, but it makes me insane to hear just the blatant dishonesty of it. <clears throat> Pretending like everything was fine at the courthouse. Until the evil, evil federal stormtroopers, Nancy Pelosi's words, showed up. It's just ridiculous. Did the protests get bigger and angrier after the feds had to protect the courthouse? Yep, they did. Might there have been a little overreach, a little, uh, um, you know, not quite right strategy by the feds? Yeah, it's possible. We can talk about it. But the liars in lefty media won't even acknowledge that the courthouse was being damaged badly and the people inside were being terrified having said that mike balsamo is a journalist he works for the ap and he and uh one of his brethren journalist simultaneously went inside the courthouse and the other guy went outside the courthouse to cover what it was like during the riots not the protests which are fine. You want to march around a a courthouse and say, we want our rights now. Good for you. You're an American. Go go do it. We're talking about the friggin' riots that the liars in the lefty media won't even admit are happening, having said that. So Mike Balsamo was tweeting about this, and I'm just going to read you some of the stuff he tweeted. I spent the weekend inside the Portland Federal Courthouse with the U.S. Marshals. Mortars were being fired off repeatedly. Fireworks and flares shot into the lobby. Frozen bottles, concrete, cans, and bouncy balls regularly whizzed over the fence at high speeds. The, the, the super balls, the bouncy balls, the point is that the, the, uh, the marshals will, will fall, will mm. slip and fall uh, mm. after they step on them. It's like you know throwing a bunch of ball bearings down, which they did too. We wanted to show you a look inside the protest from both perspectives, out in the crowd with protesters and inside the courthouse with federal officers. It was a really eye-opening experience to see it firsthand. I was inside the courthouse, and his colleague was outside the fence. I watched as injured officers were hauled inside. In one case, the commercial firework came over so fast the officer didn't have time to respond. It burned through his sleeves, and he had bloody gashes on both forearms. Another had a concussion from being hit in the head with a mortar. These are the mostly peaceful protests you're hearing about. The lights inside the courthouse have to be turned off for safety, and the light from high-powered lasers bounced across the lobby almost all night. The fear is palpable. Three officers were struck in the last week and still haven't regained their vision. These are the mostly peaceful protesters, are blinding federal officers. 
When we were outside the fence line, someone fired off a mortar. It exploded inches away from us, but no one was hurt. A large bonfire had been started in the street, and people were aiming fireworks through the fire at officers behind the fence. It was almost 2.30 a.m. then. The officers from the officers outside the Portland courthouse have been hit by an array of objects, from canned food to ball bearings fired from slingshots. These are the mostly peaceful protesters. On Saturday night, a DHS officer was soaked completely in orange paint thrown from one of the many paint cans later seized by authorities. It was clear the U.S. Marshals Service tactical decisions this weekend were very thought out. Even after a large hole was cut in the fence on Saturday night, they made a decision not to go out because it could escalate tensions. They cleared the area only after a huge section of the fence was pulled down. It was really striking talking to the deputy U.S. Marshals who have been working to protect the courthouse for weeks. Many are from Portland. They have friends who peacefully protest during the day. But at night, they say demonstrations are hijacked by agitators set on violence. A deputy U.S. Marshal told me, I am worried from my life every time I walk, worried for my life every time I walk outside the building. And that ex- feeling extends widely. They are offended by te- being told to get out of Portland. They live there, work daily to take violent criminals off the street, and it is their city too. And finally, everyone I spoke to this weekend acknowledged there were different groups of protesters. By day, there are mostly peaceful protesters who want to effect meaningful change. But by the middle of the night, nearly all of those people are gone, and the violence really picks up. Just one more thought. In, while I was listening to the absolute liars on NPR this morning, they were going with their usual mostly peaceful protest, the brutality of the federal troops. And one of their own reporters, who's based out of Portland, said, Hey, look, um, the people doing the violence are not the people you're talking about. It's a different group of people. And the well, thank you for your report. And they moved on. Their their dishonesty is so. God, it's it, I I can't believe they can get the words to come out of their mouths. But anyway, that was a good solid report on the reality of the thing. I saw a guy yesterday on some show. He was one of the uh, the daytime peaceful protester dudes, <clears throat> complaining about the people that are coming out at night and you know the problems it's causing them. Obviously, um. He said, I don't know where these, these these people aren't from around here. They're staying in hotels. They show up, and they've got all this stuff. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's complete right. outside agitators. Yeah. Oh, and they're well-organized and trained, too. I have information on that, too, that I came across. Um, but the, the, la- the inability or unwillingness to recognize the courthouse has to be protected, and it was not being protected, so the feds came in. And and maybe you think Trump derives some sort of political benefit from it, the chaos. But to suggest that that was the impetus for sending the feds to assist the local authorities is a bizarre twisting of the truth. You have to protect the courthouse. The local authorities were not doing it because Ted Wheeler, who is an unforgivable soft head, and Kate Brown wouldn't let them. So did the anti-U.S. radicals then pick up the pace of the protest? Yeah, absolutely they did. But to suggest that the feds should have stood down, explain to me the difference between the battered woman who gets punched around, decides to defend herself one day, and gets beaten to death. That's her fault, right? To your mind. By your logic, that's her fault. Explain to me why it's not. By your logic, you liars. Unbelievable. 
Oh, anyway, the headline is the uh, the governor has come together with the federal authorities and come up with a compromise wherein they will withdraw their evil stormtroopers because she will have the Oregon State Police protect the courthouse, which is what the Department of Justice was asking for from the beginning. You're supposed to protect it. Protect it. Now, we'll have to see what the militant anarchists do uh, in the wee hours of the morning. So Ruth Bader Ginsburg was hospitalized again yesterday for a, a minor medical procedure, and it's not a big deal. But she's eighty-seven year old, eighty-seven years old, and she goes to the hospital like most people go to Starbucks. Yeah, it's just she just goes through the hospital, you know, uh, a couple times a week, gets something cut out of her, or operated on, or some treatment, yeah. and then I goes. Think this on was home. like a, a stent. Uh, yeah, oil change deal. or something. I don't right. know much. About she sense. goes so yeah. often to the hospital. A minimally invasive procedure, which is generally how I woo my wife in the evening time. <laughs> I didn't. I have a minimally that. invasive yeah. procedure uh, in mind. That what do you think? All capitals TMI. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, you child. To, trying to be honest. Uh, so well, we hope RBG is fine. Well, yeah, she appears to be. She, she, I don't think I've ever heard of anybody who goes to the hospital that much. Right. Yet is fine. Fine-ish. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. She actually dated Sir Francis Drake <laughs> briefly, <laughs> who we were talking about last hour, if you you know, if oh, you that, were here. That reminds me on that topic, yeah, they took down a giant statue of Sir Francis Drake in the San Francisco Bay Area because of something. I don't know why we learned about him in school. I don't know why they put up a statue in the first place, and then I sure as hell don't know why they took it down. I think there was a day when the spread of Western civilization was seen as uh, or taught as a, a wonderful thing, a great thing. Um, to my mind, it was substantially, um, yeah, I, substantially, but not entirely. Uh, and now we've uh, because, you know, nuance and common sense are more or less lost in our society, certainly our media. It's all the other now. Anybody who sailed forth from Europe is a demon, and they must be scourged and never spoken of again. But somehow, also now, lawns have been named as a sign of colonialism? Yes, absolutely. It's a vestige of colonialism. And so it's... The conquest of lands, etc. So lawns, and so we got this text. If racism is the excuse I need to get out from under the neighborhood pressure of a perfect lawn, I'll freaking take it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If this is my excuse for not having a lawn, then there you go. (laughs) Lawns, after I, especially now that my kids are grown, we're not kicking a soccer ball around on one. Um, lawns are merely a burden to me. Oh, yeah. I, I just, I have no interest in grooming it and figuring out when to apply what to it and the rest of no, it. I try to maintain our backyard just because, so the kids can run around barefoot while we do this and that. And, yeah. You know. You know what might be funny? I need to hire a, uh, what's it, what do you call a guy who studies plants? Proctologist? That's exactly right. A proctologist. Uh, to come to my backyard and count the number of different plants that comprise my <laughs> lawn. It's a botanist, you rubes, he says as he Googles it. Yes, a botanist. <laughs> That's what I need. I would I would guess there are no less than 15 different plants that comprise my lawn in the backyard. Yeah. It's amazing how the weeds can push out the grass. 
Then I go to places like, you know, a park or a school or whatever where they've got that just giant expanse of, like, there's nothing but those blades of grass. Just fescue. And I think, how do you pull that off? Yeah, I don't know. I'm mystified. I'm amazed. I admire it. Yeah. But I ain't doing it. Forget it. I got a job. I don't need a second job making my lawn look nice. You know when my lawn will look nice again? When now. I put up, when I put the place up for sale, whenever that happens, all right, that's yeah. when the lawn will look nice. Throw down a little weed and feed, a little, uh, little or, mower, or completely resod it. That's why I did the last place. Right. The lawn looked great, roughly oh. one week right before we left. Yes, resod it. The coward's way out. <laughs> <laughs> the wealthy coward's way out. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Look at this perfect lawn that has existed for one full week. Your lawn looks great, Jack. Oh, thanks. You know, a little weed and feed, a little uh, mowing, a little, uh, you know, the other stuff. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Please, lawns, <laughs> oppressive. They're right. I'm, I'm with the radicals. Stamp out lawns. Dirt's good enough for anybody. Armstrong and Getty. Producers have announced that Wheel of Fortune will resume production with a redesigned wheel that ensures contestants are six feet apart. And on The Price is Right, they made Drew Carey's microphone even longer. <laughs> Why have they always had the skinny long mic on that? I, it, it, it always struck, struck me as odd. I think the only place I've ever seen that sort of microphone, keeping in mind that I've spent a lifetime in radio and electrified music, the only time I've seen the long skinny microphone is on game shows. Yeah, that one. Match and, uh, game. Match game. Yeah. Yeah. Old Gene Rayburn used to sport the uh, the long pencil mic or whatever it's called. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I wonder if the long mic on that was some sort of wink and a nod to Good Lord. the match game thing. The what? Or no, like the the people who did the Price Is Right were fans of the match game, so they oh, wanted to. Oh, oh okay. I honor thought, the I long skinny you're mic. Implying something uh, Freudian. Totally inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Trump has a tweet that is going to dominate news throughout the day. So, we'll get to that in just a second. Finally, Um, an opportunity to talk about the president. So, we we work in a building like a lot of you probably where masks are mandatory. And uh, I forgot my mask today. And they do provide masks here where we work. Although, I hadn't come across one of these that's got these weird cloth ear hole things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Um, I've used those. This mask is not big enough for a jug like mine. It does not stretch far enough to reach from ear to ear. Are you sure? Um, They stretch. It'd have to really stretch. They stretch. I'll try it. They really stretch. I'll have to really stretch it. Really stretch it. Also, on masks, are masks like cummerbunds? Because the way I always remember how to put a cummerbund on is the crease is supposed to be such crumbs would would fall into the crease. That's how you remember whether they... you can eat them later? Well, no, but that's just how you remember whether it goes up or down. That's the first time I've ever heard that. I'm an ignoramus. Well, clearly. your cummerbund goes like that with the crease up. Right. Yep. On a mask, does it go up or down? What's you the top and what's the bottom? You can feel one of them has like a stiff thing that will bend to conform to your nose. So that's, that's the, the top? top. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And you're supposed to pinch that right around the top of the nose. Pinch Am it. I? Pinch mm-hmm. it. So I don't get it like uh, Louis Gomert. <laughs> that's right. And um, if you do get it, don't call us all into the office to tell us you got it. Yeah, Congressman Louis Gohmert, who famously didn't wear a mask around Capitol Hill, got the vid, then said he probably got it because he finally put on a mask, and then called his staff into the office to announce that he had the vid. Coronavirus! 
So Trump, who's the greatest troll and likes to jerk around the media, I think that's what's going on here, tweeted out not long ago, with universal mail-in voting, not absentee voting, which is good, 2020 will be the most inaccurate and fraudulent election in history. It will be a great embarrassment to the USA. Delay the election until people can properly, securely, and safely vote? Question mark, question mark, question mark. So the President of the United States suggesting we delay the election. That will dominate much of cable news today. And he knows exactly that that's what's going on. You know, what's funny, though, is (laughs) is to me, he's he's trying too hard because his tweet, was it yesterday, about how uh, Section 8 housing will not come to nice neighborhoods or whatever his tweet was. But I mean, they're still feverish, frothing at the mouth with anger on your your Trump-hating channels. I don't, know, that one. I don't know how other people react to it, but I thought, awesome. It's racist. Okay. It's race I don't think it is, but... Uh... Well, you know the, the, what's frustrating to me as I listen to the lamestream media, and it's not frustrating that they're doing it, it's frustrating to me that people are hearing it and believing it, is they never recognize what is clearly true. It's got to be all ideology. You know what the truth is? If cheap housing, uh, subsidized housing comes to your neighborhood, it hurts property values. If you want to recognize that and tell me why I still ought to accept it, fine. But recognize the truth, at least. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. That is a walk-off home run in Major League Baseball with no fans. That sounded pretty good. The sound oh, effects I are pretty noticed. Decent. Yeah, that's pretty good with the no fans. That's oh. a San Francisco Giants. No fans in the stands, but there were two fans in the cove that were sprinting towards that home run ball. One of them got it, but he fell out of his kayak when he reached for it. Oh, oh no! Really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the bay is cold too. San Francisco Giants triumphing over the San Diego Padres, evening the series at one. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Uh, we do have some breaking news that is worthy of the breaking news donkey. Because I remember back in 2012 when one Joe Getty was on the cane train for a while. When <laughs> deep Herm, dish. Deep dish when Herm Cain was running for president. Nine, as the, nine, nine. He ran what pizza conglomerate? Made all the money? God, Godfather's. Godfather's yeah. Pizza. And he ran for president and he was in first place for a while. He made and, a lot uh, of sense a lot of the time. So I hopped on the cane train. And then he had a Me Too problem before Me Too was even a oh, thing. Oh, that's right. And then he ended up dropping out of the race. Anyway, he has passed away at age 74 of the COVID. I, I would like to put the early reports are saying this. I haven't seen it fully confirmed by places, but okay. right. I might have been with it. the COVID. I might just, have been of the COVID. I just saw it on Twitter. Although Twitter did bring up the fantastic Herm Kane TV ad when he was running for president. Remember when he, he he ran an ad where it was just his campaign manager, who was a really grizzled-looking deal guy, just oh. leaning against a wall smoking a cigarette right. with squinty eyes, and there, were, there was no verbiage. And everybody wondered, what does this ad mean? That's right. He just squinted at the camera and smoked a cigarette. <laughs> In black and white. Yeah. 
Did he say something at the end or something? I don't, I don't remember. I remember. Becky, it was, Becky, 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 Stan, Stan. That's, that's Herm Kane there. I remember it was mystifying, but not much else. Yeah. He had the 999 plan. Yeah, which I, I think liked was, it. He, was, he was, as Charles Krauthammer once said, winging it with the various things, but it worked for a while. Well, a guy just got elected president winging it. Some people are better at winging it than others. Uh, or maybe he was just ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the uh, the uh, the great Herman Cain has passed. Uh, we ought to hit you with this economic news that is out. Um, the the biggest quarterly drop in, well, ever. Um, and that shouldn't surprise anybody, around 8%. Uh, that's that's a contraction right there. Biggest drop ever. Uh, you're being very negative. Some people are going with the annualized 33% because that's a, such a giant number. That's pretty unfair because there's no way we're going to have, you know, multiple quarters of this. Right. Meaning if every quarter was like the second quarter, we would drop by 33%. Yeah. But we didn't drop 33% in a quarter. No, no. But we did drop 8% in a quarter, which is astonishing. <laughs> Plenty. That is astonishing. Yeah. Worst um, quarter ever. Yeah. yeah. That should be a surprise to no one. The Hong Kong flu that killed similar numbers than the vid and by population more so far, uh, the economy did not shut down at all. Which was the better choice? Or is there something in between? These are the questions we ask. Yeah. So uh, Axios did a poll. We talked about this yesterday. Well, they did a new version of it. This is the latest version. Axio Harris poll. Corporate trust soars during the pandemic is the headline. Really? How has your view of each of the following industries changed since the start of the coronavirus pandemic? And um, who gets the highest number? Doctors, nurses, and hospitals. Okay. okay. Probably not surprising, I guess. No, no. We appreciate uh, your hard work and your risks that you're taking, the rest of it. People are happy with grocery stores, apparently. I am not unhappy with grocery stores. Yeah. Except I go to them and end up fat, so they're to blame, clearly. Um, But all kinds of different. um, Food and beverage does well, telecommunications, um, uh, fewer people liking retail, manufacturing. We're getting down to no change at all. Uh, Who goes backwards, though? Uh Uh-oh. Who has dropped during the coronavirus? Uh, In last place, the airlines, which is kind of interesting. I mean, I hated the airlines going in. Do I hate them more now? I don't think so. I hated them a lot before this whole thing started I'm, and will continue for the rest of my life unless things change drastically, but uh, I don't hate them more now. Yeah, I don't get that. Are people mad at them? What do they expect They think they're doing do? a poor job? Well, they're canceling lots of flights, but what are you going to do? There's nobody on a plane. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm mystified by that. Maybe somebody can enlighten us, the text line, and, and listen, maybe you don't want to comment on this, but you will someday. Put it in your contacts. Armstrong and Getty, 415 415- that's funny, it flitted out of my head. 295-295-KFTC, 495-295-KFTC. Or you can email us if that's more your style, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Most people aren't flying, so is this a perception of the airlines being worse? Because I don't think most people have flown. I flew the other day, and it was a little weird not to have any drink service, and they just threw a, a plastic bag with some you know, decent snacks at us, but it's fine, I understand. Anyway. I had to wear a mask. I didn't like it, but I completely understand why we all had to wear a mask. Sure. Moving along. Anyway, uh, the other uh, one on the list that w- has gone down since the pandemic started, and I think this is significant, and Joe mentioned it yesterday, but this is the latest poll, the media. 
the media has taken a big hit. The people like the people and the media had low ratings before the pandemic. The media has gone down in people's eyes since right. the pandemic started, which is appropriate. I think it, it is. It is perfectly deserved. But it's you know it, it's you would hope that okay. So during the biggest economic crisis, health crisis, and race crisis of all of our lifetimes. When we need information now more than ever, you've let us down. Right. You would think that would be Now's motivation the time. enough. Now's the time to get it right. You would think, yeah, that would be motivation enough to, listen, we can't be a thought bubble. We can't be an ideological bubble about a pandemic that's killing hundreds of thousands. Here's what we do, folks. We, we carefully and soberly bring the best information we can, whether it serves a particular politician or not. And if things change, we make it clear. We told you this before. It appears that, that, that now this is uh, more close to the truth. No, none of that. In fact, they've gone further the other direction. Unless this distrust results in lower ratings, they don't have any reason to change. I think it, it will, it, and it, it may have, although I haven't looked recently. Um, well, that's a good point. They, they are not judged on how truthful the information and how trusted they are. No, it used to be a vocation yeah. as an industry. Right. Now, now it's, it's clicks. Count yeah. the clicks. How many now, clicks? Now it's like a hardware store or anything else. Um, And I thought this was an interesting breakdown. According to the poll, 75% of consumers agree that, generally speaking, during the COVID pandemic and related shutdowns, companies were more reliable than the federal government in keeping America running. I'm glad to see that people recognize that. Uh, yeah, with all due respect to many of our listeners' affection for the current regime, looking to Washington, D.C. to run your life or bring you a utopia is idiotic. It's beyond ill-advised. All of history is telling you that's a bad way to do it. Social media companies like Twitter and Facebook rank uh, toward the bottom. They're viewed slightly less favorably now than before the pandemic. So they went down a little bit. Okay. Media in general went down a chunk. There you go. Tells you that. It does tell us that, clearly. But it tells us so much more. You know who went way up? No, it so we've been t- we've been talking <laughs> we've been talking about um, um, uh, the quarterly earnings reports coming out, and it's the first quarterly earnings that include all of the pandemic. And McDonald's was down thirty percent, and a whole bunch of different businesses, you know, just biggest drops they've ever had. Procter and Gamble posts biggest yearly sales gain. Uh-huh. That's not surprising. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me, the, the FDA has issued warnings to avoid a bunch of hand sanitizers. What will it do to you? 87 varieties of hand sanitizers, some of which have already been recalled. They contain methanol or wood alcohol, a toxic substance when absorbed through the skin or ingested. Well, well the one I might do, the other one I'm if not. If you drink your hand sanitizer, I can't help you. No, you, you're but probably going to get it. It smells like cheap tequila. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, new warning from the FDA says it is urging consumers not to use any hand sanitizer products from the particular manufacturers on the list. Even if the product or particular lot number are not listed, since some manufacturers are recalling only certain but not all of their hand sanitizer products. How, how toxic? Like, going to kill me? Yes, clearly. I don't know. Oh, Bernie I'm Dan. using a lot of soap. Thank you, Bernie. That's a very smart thing to do. Uh, I'm, oh, my gosh. It's Well, I, I told you before. I told me before. It's a list of 87. So it's not like I can read them. Hmm, um, I've, well, I've probably used some. Yeah, you may have. Esk Biochem is listed a bunch of times. 
Grupo Insoma. Let's see. Tropic Cosmetico. Some of these have a triple uh, A Cosmetica. Qualitamed hand sanitizer. Why don't we uh, post this at armstrongandgetty.com? Yeah, sure. And you can look at it to see if yours is on there. I don't see any of the the big, you know, well-known American brands in here. Limpo Quimico. There's a certain uh, what, what commonality. What voice you're using? Le queso exportacion. <laughs> that voice is weirding me out. Is it a telenovela? Uh, mm, Sean, you're catching on. Uh, le queso or exportacion or Licky's Optimus Instant Hand Sanitizer. Whoops, i got to lose the accent. <laughs> um, I tell you what, like a lot of folks, I uh, my cocktailing has picked up slightly during the whole uh, COVID thing, and I'm I'm pretty confident... I'm disinfected from the inside out. <laughs> I think I'm being disinfected by Maker's Mark. COVID runs from you screaming. Yeah, good luck. Good luck growing in me. <laughs> Take that, COVID. Oh, boy. Troubled times. Uh, they are troubled times. We got a serious report about uh, deaths of despair that we ought to, we ought to get to you because that's worth knowing. It absolutely is because it factors into have we overreacted to something terrible? It's terrible. We have to live with it. It could cost a lot of American lives. It is terrible. Does that mean we should essentially commit suicide? Or do we just have to soldier through it like past pandemics and and minimize the the death? Well, we need to balance that discussion. And, And this will. Though it is grim, it's worth knowing. We'll take a look at the facts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. But there has been another cost that we've seen, particularly in high schools. Uh, we're seeing, uh, sadly, far greater suicides now than we are deaths from COVID. We're seeing far greater deaths from drug overdose uh, that are above excess than what we had as background than we are seeing deaths from COVID. That's a guy who runs the CDC, a man called Redfield. I think that the cost to our nation in continuing to keep these schools closed is substantial. Um, We have greater suicides than deaths from COVID because of this, he believes. Then add deaths of despair other than suicide, and you have an overwhelming number. And Northern California doctor said, uh, I guess it was it was several weeks ago, but he said uh, we've seen a year's worth of suicide attempts in the last four weeks. Well, he was fact-checked, Jack. I came across that in researching the quote, fact-checked by a number of organizations that said they have not seen a year's worth in the last four weeks. Well, he clarified, look, it was a figure of speech. We've seen a lot of them. Then if you look at the actual numbers, which many of the fact-checkers didn't, in a typical year in its uh, Contra Costa County, I believe, in... um, in uh, California. Oh, I'm sorry. This is the hospital in Walnut Creek, California. Typically, they see 20 to 25 suicide attempts a year. So far in 2020, there have been that number um, as of early July. So 
nearly double the rate. So thanks for your fact check. But if you have double the suicides already, and those are successful suicides, the number of attempts is similar. Actually, the number of attempts is is huge because most people who attempt it don't actually die. But um, yeah, so, okay, thank you for the fact check. But But the fact that suicides have doubled, you don't think that's worth mentioning? Forgive the doctor for his figure of speech. It's unbelievable. Oh, here's a related story for you. If I can find it. Oh, dang it. Where is it? Ah, there you go. This is from the New York Times, which used to be a great newspaper. Teachers are wary of returning to class and online instruction, too. Unions are threatening to strike if classrooms reopen, but are also pushing to limit live remote teaching. Their demands will shape pandemic education. So, no way we're showing up, and if you ask us to, we're striking. But don't be asking us to do a lot of the remote learning stuff. No. Oh, those teachers unions, they're just out for the kids. They're helping the kids. Unbelievable. Unfriggin' believable. I know that there are schools that legitimately didn't want to open up. But I also know of quite a few schools that really wanted to open up and had done everything they needed to do, they thought, to open up. And I think the vast majority of parents would have been perfectly happy with it. But the state comes in, or the county comes in, and sets you know sets the rules. Right. So you can't. Right. Whether it is a enormous excess of caution, which is our point of view around here, and or the whole, well, if, if any little kid can't learn, then really nobody should learn, which is a sick and perverse way of seeing humanity, but it's pretty common on the left. Um, you get all those things together in a stew, you're paralyzed by it. You're not going to open. So the kids are miserable and they're killing themselves at a higher rate than we've ever seen and all that sort of stuff. Right. Um, it reminds me, I heard a story the other day, and I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life. I thought it was really good. Uh, I don't remember who it was. It was a high-profile figure who got in some legal trouble. He hadn't done it. It was it was a scandal of some sort. Hmm. He hadn't had an affair or cheated on his wife or hit his wife or some. It was some scandal or whatever. His lawyer told him what lawyers tell you. Don't talk to anybody. It was in the media all the time. It was in the press all the time. Yeah. Don't talk. Don't talk. Don't talk. He didn't talk. He won the case. His reputation has been ruined. Mm. In the in the year and a half it took to go through the court case, and he said the best legal advice was not to talk to the media. The best life advice was not that, though. Right. The best overall for my life advice was to go out and confront these things in the media and say, "No, I didn't do it." So my mm-hmm. entire life wasn't ruined. Yeah, I got the advice from a guy with a specific interest. Ah. That's exactly what's going on here. Mm-hmm. We're getting the advice from a guy with a sp- or a woman with specific health interest. You're trying to minimize the number of cases of COVID. That's not the best thing for our whole lives. As a society? Clearly. As an economy? It is, as individuals? That's a great example. It's frustrating. Transition music, Michael. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I know I say it every time, but if you've never watched this video, you're missing out on one of the great pleasures in life. Positive Sean acting it out for us here in the studio. He's doing the dance. Nice. This is my favorite part. The triplets, yeah, very skillful. All right, turn that communist off. Take it off! 
It was a song with words, but in a totalitarian country like the Soviet Union, they wouldn't allow him to sing the words. So it was a hit song, and they turned it into la, 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 because words were too dangerous. Well, exactly, because that wasn't free speech. That was hate hate speech in that song. So we're just going to limit people who say dangerous things, says every dictator in history. Did we transition from... Come on, people! I think we transitioned from sad to angry this time. More transition music, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> transition music. Here's my favorite part. Oh, yeah, this is good. <laughs> All right, turn it off. Turn it off! My two favorite headlines from uh, the Babylon Bee in recent days. Number one, this one's slightly out of date because it was the bitter controversy of two days ago. Uh, fans of the Lord of the Rings, you'll enjoy this. Orcs march on Minas Tirith in mostly peaceful protest. <laughs> oh, that's just beautiful. The rioters <laughs> march for peace, justice, and love in a calm, peaceful, orderly gathering outside the city walls. The mostly peaceful protesters launched peaceful siege projectiles at uh, the city and sent Nazguls to maul Gondorian soldiers in a demonstration of their love and tolerance. And then my other favorite... Uh, Biden selects Aunt Jemima as a running mate. Oh, geez. She's a clean, articulate woman of color. She's a self-made businesswoman and a great listener, Biden said, as he unveiled his VP uh, pick. That. Armstrong and Getty.